Wax on, right hand. Wax off, left hand. Wax on, wax off. Try to be best, cause you're only a man, and a man's got to learn to take it. Try to believe, though the going gets rough, that you gotta hang tough to make it. History repeats itself, try and you succeed. Never doubt that you're the one, and you can have your dream. You're the best around. Nothing's gonna ever keep you down. You're the best around. And nothing's gonna ever keep you down. You're the best around. If you were an 80s kid, that song was life. Anyway, guys, welcome back to the Ninja Nerd Warrior podcast. I am Greg Hernandez, and a happy belated Valentine's Day. It is currently Saturday, February 15th, and I hope you guys had a great Valentine's Day. I wasn't planning on doing a show today. I was going to lay around, just be lazy as shit, not do a damn thing, until I turned on the TV and I saw AMC was playing the Karate Kid uh, trilogy. They were doing a marathon the day after Valentine's Day. And I laughed hysterically. Get back to that in a second. The Karate Kid movies I have loved since I was a kid. Um, if you grew up on those movies, you know why. They were basically – it was Rocky for little kids. That's, that's essentially what it was, which ironically, the exact same director that did Rocky, John Abelson, also did The Karate Kid. And yeah, that's exactly what these were. These were underdog movies that you know little kids had – could they could relate to at the time and um i see i love these movies because oh and if you were again if you grew up in the 80s fucking karate was everywhere like there was karate kid there was jim Connor, there was um, uh, american ninja like fucking oh my god karate was all over the fucking place and um so of course you if you grew up on these movies these were you know this was like fuck yeah this was awesome and um but going back to why I thought this was funny a day after Valentine's Day, has anyone else ever noticed that every Karate Kid sequel pretty much starts with telling with Daniel LaRusso telling you why he's no longer dating the same woman he was in the previous movie? Anyone else catch that? Was that just me? <laughs> All right, let's go. Let's let's smash cut or smash cut. Sorry, let's go back to um, 1984. All right, we're going to go on our way back machine. We're going to 1984. We have the original Karate Kid. How did this movie start? Daniel moved from New Jersey to Reseda. Starts a new school, meets this girl. Remember Allie? Remember cute little Allie? Allie was your typical 80s California blonde. She had the big Farrah Fawcett hair and this cute little face. And so Daniel meets her. Daniel finds out she has a psycho ex-boyfriend named Johnny, and he's got his, you know, his karate gang. And Daniel proceeds to get his ass kicked for pretty much the entire first half of the movie. For a girl. Think about that for a second. If he had talked to any other girl, there would be no movie. If he had picked up on Allie's frumpy little brunette friend, this, this would not be an issue. Okay, but Daniel talked to Allie. And proceeded to get his ass kicked for the first half of this movie. All right. So we are going to fast forward to the beginning of Karate Kid 2 where Daniel tells us that 
him and Allie are broken up because Allie wrecked his car and then broke up with him for a football player from UCLA. Kind of a dick move, I think. Wouldn't you say so? If you're Daniel LaRusso, wouldn't you sit here and go, bitch, I got my ass kicked for you for like two semesters last year. Bitch. And, but yeah, that was, and see, here's always been my question. I've always wondered this. Who did Elizabeth Shue piss off? Okay, let's say behind the scenes, Elizabeth Shue was not available to do the sequel. Cool. Happens all the time. You're telling me there's no better way to write her off than, yeah, she wrecked my car and dumped me for this football player at UCLA? Not since Megan Fox has a, a character been simultaneously buried and ignored in a, in a sequel. Like, it hasn't happened. But we have Karate Kid 2, and Daniel goes to Okinawa, and he meets Kumiko. And Kumiko is Miyagi's old girlfriend's granddaughter. Hit it off. They're doing great. And meanwhile, Daniel is getting his ass kicked for the entire first half of this movie, too. Why was Daniel always getting his ass kicked? Like, bro, you were trained in karate in the last movie. I saw this. I watched the movie. What the fuck? But anyway, he meets Kumiko, and again, just getting his ass kicked. And do you remember the nightclub scene where Daniel pretty much saved her from getting raped? Anyone else block that out? Because I did until I saw it this morning. I seriously totally forgot. Okay, we're going to refresh your memory. Kumiko and Daniel are at this 1950s club, you know, in Okinawa. And they're dancing, they're having a good time, they're getting drinks, blah, blah, blah. Here comes Sato's nephew, who I can never fucking remember his name. But it's him and his two fucking goons. And they show up and kick the shit out of Daniel. Again, there's a running theme here. And after they stomp the shit out of him, they grab Kumiko. And I just have to play you the line. Like, check out this line if this is not creepy as fuck. Don't worry about the little friend, huh? We take a home. <laughs> creepy as fuck, right? Now, for those of you who have never seen the movie, this is basically three drunk Asian dudes. One of them kicks the shit out of Daniel. The other two are holding, they are restraining what had to be a 112-pound female with the hand over the mouth, and this is creepy as shit. Okay, so Daniel punches Sato's nephew in the nuts, uh, stomps the shit out of the other guy because they're just goons. Nobody gives a shit about them, and they run. So Daniel saves her from being raped. And then if we go to the end of the movie, Daniel saved her from being stabbed at the end. You remember that shit? Where the fucking nephew showed up again and held a fucking butterfly knife to Kumiko's throat? Daniel saved this woman from being raped and stabbed in the same fucking movie. Fast forward to Karate Kid 3, and Daniel says, Yeah, Kumiko, uh, she took that job in Tokyo. So what you're telling the audience is A... Remember the really cute little Asian girl from the last movie? Don't get your hopes up. And B, that actress pissed off people a lot less than Elizabeth Shue because it was just, yeah, she took a job. You know, no hard feelings. So, but then we meet Jessica. And Jessica, Karate Kid 3, Jessica is the really cute little redhead that owns the pottery shop next door. Remember her? 
here's what I thought was funny. They didn't even wait for the next movie. They wrote Jessica out two-thirds of the way through this fucking movie. So we've had three movies, three girlfriends, all of them gone. At this point, being Daniel LaRusso's girlfriend in a Karate Kid movie is like being a bass player for Metallica. Like, you're going to get replaced. It's just a matter of when. I'm actually shocked they haven't replaced the wife in the Cobra Kai series yet. Like, she has seriously had more on-screen time than all of these three chicks combined. She really has. But that's just me. So believe it or not, I have been a fan of these movies since the beginning. And people, you know, people have asked me, like, hey, what about the next Karate Kid with Hilary Swank? And I said, doesn't exist. Sorry, does not exist. You cannot have the Karate Kid without Daniel and Mr. Miyagi. And the reason that uh, Daniel was not in this movie was because Ralph Macchio was 33 years old. Fucking 33. You can't be the Karate Kid when you're 33 years old. Does it work? So he just went, no, no. So they made this movie, and was this movie still in Reseda? Because I remember seeing clips, and I'm like, where the fuck is this? Sherman Oaks? Like, they, they upscaled really fucking quick. And the whole premise of the movie was Daniel was away at college, and Miyagi meets this orphan who was like an 18-year-old Hillary Swank. Yeah, I know the premise. Never seen the movie. Not, no. No offense to Hillary Swank, but fuck that movie. And then comes this abortion with Jackie Chan and fucking Will Smith's little fuck trophy. Like, I have never been so angry in my life to find out that they were, not only that they were rebooting, okay, that's, all, that's what Hollywood does now. Hollywood does reboots because, let's face it, they're out of fucking ideas. That's the reason Fast and the Furious is on, like, movie 17 or whatever the fuck it's on. Um, that's the reason, like, I love the Marvel movies. I absolutely do. But there's a reason that there's 24 of them, 25 of them. Um, because somebody said, hey, wait, there's this whole comic book thing that's been going on for 70 years. Maybe we can get some stories out of that. And they have stripped mine the fuck out of these. I love every movie. There hasn't been a bad one yet, but... Fucking hell, let's write some shit. Anyway, I got sidetracked. Any, but this is where they started. This is where the reboot started. This is where I first remember these starting was with the Karate Kid. And I went, how the fuck are you going to make a Karate Kid movie with a 50-something-year-old Ralph Macchio and Pat Morita died, like, in the late 90s, I think, maybe early 2000s? Uh, you can't do it. You cannot make these movies without those two characters. And then I find out it's going to be Jackie Chan. And I wasn't angry yet. Jackie Chan's a hell of an actor. Okay, He can do comedy. He can do drama. Fucking does his own stunts. Great. Jackie Chan's phenomenal. Who are you getting as the Karate Kid? And I hear Jaden Smith. And a blood vessel popped in my head. And I went, are you fucking kidding me? Like, seriously? This this is how we're rebooting a movie from my childhood. And then I hear an interview with Jackie Chan that's, okay, oh, and I skipped this, I skipped this. 
Jackie Chan is playing Mr. Han. Not Mr. Miyagi, Mr. Han. Jaden Smith is playing Drew Baker. I don't, I don't even know the fucking name. Okay. Point being, we have a movie called The Karate Kid without a Mr. Miyagi and without a Daniel LaRusso. Fuck you. Okay? Fuck you. Fuck you in the ass. And then I totally lost my shit because Jackie Chan does this interview and he's hyping up the movie. And again, I want to give this a chance because it's Jackie Chan. I mean, who doesn't love Jackie Chan? And he says, oh, well, you know, we changed we changed things around. Uh, we, we made it kung fu to match my style. What the fuck? What the actual fuck? So let me get this straight. Let me let me fucking get wrap my head around this. You are making a movie called The Karate Kid, where Mr. Han teaches Jaden Smith kung fu. What? Who thought this was a good idea? Who the fuck thought this was a good idea? Oh, fuck. If I ever meet that guy, I am just going to Ray Finkel him right in the nuts. Just as hard as I can, right in the fucking nuts. And I realize, okay, I do realize I'm one of those entitled fans. I, I will fully acknowledge that. This was, a this was a movie that was a huge part of my childhood. Leave it the fuck alone. I realize I'm being that fan. Okay. That being said, you made a movie called The Karate Kid where an old man is teaching a young man kung fu. Does nobody else see that as the most retarded shit ever? This would be the equivalent of making a movie called Batman, and the whole movie is about an over-the-hill baseball player who's chasing the home run record. Okay? That's basically what you've done here, you fuckwit. So needless to say, I'm a little angry about it. And then, after this, I, you know, after this movie happened, again, I've never seen this movie. I refuse to see this movie. I, I don't care. I hear that they are doing the Cobra Kai series on YouTube. And I'm... I have PTSD from this fucking Jackie Chan movie. I'm like, don't, don't. Do not ruin this series for me any further than you already have, please. And the movie ends up, or the movie, excuse me, the series, uh, and I hear the series is on YouTube. It's on YouTube's premium channel, so you have to pay to watch it. And that right there, off the bat, no, fuck you, I'm not paying for YouTube. YouTube has been free since since day one, and you have shoved commercials down my throat more and more and more. So essentially what you're doing, this is a hostage situation. You have told me that, hey, if you pay for YouTube, you don't have to watch commercials. Well, fuck you. I just, won't, I just won't watch your shows. Like, fuck you. I'm not paying for YouTube. So they do the Karate Kid – or excuse me, the Cobra Kai series. And that was a, a stroke of genius too because it's now 30 years later. They're doing it with the original cast, obviously minus Pat Morita, 
Because that was another thing. I'm like, how are you going to do a Karate Kid series, Karate Kid spinoff series, without Pat Morita? And we'll get to that. But I'm just going, okay, It there's a little brilliance there that you didn't call the series Karate Kid. Because like I said, the original cast is 30 years older now. Okay, they're all like early to mid 50s. So calling it Karate Kid is just a fucking joke. But the show focuses around jo- uh, Johnny Lawrence. It focuses around Johnny. <laughs> I'm not going to lie to you. This was fucking brilliant. Okay. Because we all know that guy. We know that guy that peaked in high school. You know that guy. Think of him. I'm going to give you a moment. I want you to picture him right now. He might have been captain of the football team, maybe captain of the basketball team, you know, most popular guy on campus, always had the hottest girlfriends. Like, you looked at this guy and you were like, oh, that's that's the guy I want to be. That's who I want to be. I don't know. Is it the same for women? I don't know. But Johnny Lawrence was that guy. We fast forward 30 years, and this is sad. Oh, my God, this is so sad because he's still driving the same, like, 1987 Pontiac Firebird. He's still listening to Rat and Def Leppard, which I still listen to Rat and Def Leppard, so I'm going to shut the fuck up. But and he's, but he is a – you can't even say he's a carpenter. He's a handyman. He's just he, – he, people hire him to fix shit. That's all he does. And – he goes and he fixes shit and he – after work, he goes and buys a six-pack, a Coors Banquet. He goes home, gets drunk, and that's his life. And he's talking about – he's reminiscing about his glory days at the All-Valley Karate Tournament in 1984 and how Daniel LaRusso uh, showed up in town, stole his girl, cheated, and beat him in, uh, at the karate tournament. And you're like, oh, my god. Dude, that was 30 years ago. Like, seriously, move on. Just find something. Just do something else. But that's kind of the genius of the show. I, I started – okay, this – I'm not going to lie. The jo- I started uh, watching it. I did start watching it. I didn't pay for it, though. I found a streaming site. And um, I started watching this show, and I started falling in love with the brilliance in the writing. Because both of these guys haven't really moved on since high school. They're still holding on to old like, high school accomplishments. And Johnny's talking about how LaRusso cheated at the All Valley and that's where his life went to shit because he lost that tournament. And Daniel LaRusso has several car dealerships, but he's marketing himself as Hey, remember me? I'm the guy who won that karate tournament. Excuse me. I won those two karate tournaments back in the mid-80s. And you're sitting there going like, wow, this is both sad and brilliant at the same time. Because these guys are exactly the same. These guys are just holding on. Jim Carrey once said, you can always tell how sad someone's life is by how far back they have to reach for glory. And I've always thought about that. And I met this woman way back when. I was, I was still doing sales. And
and she was telling me now again this was a I was 26 at the time 25 26 she was probably 43 44 super nice lady okay but she was telling me how she was rodeo queen back in 1979 and I'm just going okay and she's telling me how great it was when she was rodeo queen back in 1979 and now keep in mind at the time I'm in her house because I was you know those whole house water purifiers I used to sell those fucking things so when I talk about other people being sad I don't I don't uh, uh, ignore the fact that my life has had pockets of sad in it as well because I'm in this woman's house trying to sell her a fucking water purifier. But anyway, super nice lady, like I said. But she's telling me how she was 1979 rodeo queen and shows me this. I shit you not. It was a five-foot-tall portrait of her back in 1979 as rodeo queen. And then when I left the house, I noticed the license plate on her truck said 79 rodeo queen. And I went, oh, holy shit. <laughs> so those people are out there. They, they are out there. God bless them. I'm not talking shit. I'm just saying that's there are those people. And the fact that in this show you made Johnny Lawrence and Daniel LaRusso those people, I'm like, that is fucking brilliant. All right? And then Dan, uh, Johnny has this son that he's on the outs with and – LaRusso meets this – is he an orphan? I think he's an orphan. Anyway, they start they start training their own – I haven't watched a show in a couple months, so i got to go back. But they start training their own students, and what's great is Johnny, who was the villain in the first movie, is now training the hero of this show. Meanwhile – Daniel, who was the hero, is now training the – it was fucking great that they switched the roles, and it was awesome. If you have not seen this show, I highly recommend it. Um, if you want to pay for YouTube uh, Red, go for it. I'm not. Uh, I just found some pirate sites and streamed the fuck out of it. But um, they did season one, and they did season two. I'm waiting for season three. Like, don't fuck with me. I'm waiting for season three right now. Here is the one thing that pissed me off. The song, the the um, Joe Esposito song, You Are the Best. How the fuck are you going to do an entire season of a Karate Kid spinoff show and not play that fucking song? Seriously. That part, the, the, the season built up to LaRusso's student winning the All-Valley, spoiler alert, winning the All-Valley tournament. So essentially doing exactly what his teacher did and you don't work that song in there? Are you fucking kidding me? That pissed me off. But other than that, the whole series has redeemed the movies. Um, it makes up for that steaming turd that was the Jackie Chan movie. Just a steaming turd that wouldn't flush. Um, again, I'm, I'm neutral on the Hillary Swank movies, but – this, this series, if you can ever get the chance to watch it, sit down, and it becomes fucking addictive. It really does. So, anyway, folks, uh, that was that's it. That's all I'm going to do today. What's this, only 20, 30 minutes? I don't think I went that long. 
I just wanted to rant about Karate Kid being played the day after Valentine's Day. I thought that was funny. This, these movies have killed more, uh, more relationships than not hiding your pictures on your iPhone. Anyway, folks, uh, my name is Greg Hernandez, and this is the Ninja Nerd Warrior Podcast. You can follow me on uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And if you're listening to this, you obviously know where to find my podcast. I am on Google. I am on Spotify. I am anywhere that you anywhere you get your podcast from. You can find this uh, this podcast. All right. So thanks, guys. And again, I hope you had a great Valentine's Day, and I hope you have a great weekend. Talk to you later. Bye bye. All right, everybody. Thanks for giving me time to take care of that. I hope you enjoyed the show today, and if you'd like to follow me, I am the Ninja Nerd Warrior. You can find me on all forms of social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and you can also find this podcast anywhere you get your favorite podcasts from, whether it be Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, you can find me anywhere. If you would like to come out and check out the stand-up comedy scene, if you are in the Tulare, California area, you can come out to Barmageddon Sunday night, 9.30. That is hosted by Phil G. Uh, if you're in the Bakersfield, California area, Sunday, 6.30, Room 82, hosted by Jessica De La Garza. That is 7 o'clock. Monday, we have the Great Change Brewery, hosted by Kurt Sieblum, also 7 o'clock. Tuesday, we got back-to-back shows at Club Quip, hosted by Eddie Molina at 7 o'clock. We have uh, Jerry's Pizza at 8.30, hosted by Curtis Taylor III. Wednesday night, we have uh, Tambour Brewing Company, uh, hosted by Chris Flail. That is 7 o'clock. And Thursday, we are back at Club Quip, 7 o'clock, hosted by Austin Beauvais. So, um, yeah, come out and check out some of the Bakersfield's greatest comics. Uh, it's, a, it's a fucking blast, folks. So come on out and check us out. And with that, I am going to go ahead and say goodnight, and I will talk to you guys later. Bye-bye.